0: blog talk radio
1: good evening everybody and welcome to talking in circles i am clayton caldwell philip matthew tonight as we bring you talking in circles what a week it was some silly season news came out first it was christopher bell and i think everybody sort of expected that news coming out bell will run uh the 2020 season for levine family racing the number 95 toyota and then it was huge news that came filtering out on wednesday actually talking in circles had a little bit of, of inkling of this on monday night that stenhouse was in trouble at the 17 car and uh that chris busher wasn't as it wasn't as sure that chris busher was going to move to the 37 car it became official on wednesday that chris busher will drive the number 17 car for roush fender racing in 2020 replacing ricky stenhouse jr there's a lot to unpack busher currently driving the number 37 car for jtd dollary racing having a good year in that car, he's going to finish the eight races there, of course, and then move to the 17 for 2020. lot to unpack there when you think about it. Buescher, a former Xfinity Series champion for Roush Fenway Racing, had a lifetime contract. And the way I understood this deal coming to about, I might be taking it wrong, is basically there was a, a clause in his contract that Roush picked up that I, I guess if he was a, a free agent at a certain time or if this contract wasn't signed for the following year by probably, I would think, September 15th or something to that nature, September 1st, that Roush could exercise an option on his contract and bring him back into the fold at Roush Fender Racing. And it sounded like that's exactly what they did. They decided, you know what? It's time to get Chris Buescher in one of our cars and move him to the number 17 car for 2020. Uh, that, that takes Ricky Stenhouse Jr. out of a ride, and it, it's very interesting. I mean, a lot of people out there, and myself included, think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is a lot of talent. He's a really good uh, sprint car racer on a dirt series. Um you know, he's a two-time Xfinity Series champion. He's basically Chris Buescher before Chris Buescher, but he never really able, was able to find himself in the Cup Series. He's been there seven years. Uh, but what were your thoughts, Philip, on the Ricky Sandhouse Jr. out, Chris Buescher in news here uh, when you heard it on Wednesday afternoon?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: I'm coming back
0: in after being away, and then the first thing I see – one of the first things I see on social media is uh, Chris Buescher is going to the 17, and Stenhouse is uh, is out. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, quite a way to welcome back. And uh, the minute that came out and we started talking about it and I was chomping at the bit because I'm like, well, that's a way to bring us back on. And I mean, it's, I think in a lot of ways, and we've talked about it already uh, offline that I think it was a necessary change. And you mentioned it briefly there in the lead-up about the option. And there's, it sounds like they were able to exercise something within the contract they had with Chris Bush or whatever that may be, whether it was past a certain date or whatever it may have been, where they could go and, and get him back in to the fold. and. It was, a, I guess, an error uh, on JTG Doherty's part to let a guy that the way that him and Trent Owens have been performing these last few months, and you brought it up every week, basically the consistency they've had. I mean, outside of D Benedetto, I, I mean, he's been better than more consistent than D Benedetto, frankly, um, in this second part of the regular season now, leading into the playoffs. And they would have been a playoff contender given this kind of performance through a full regular season. Busher sure has been a guy when he drove for the Rulo brothers, he did really well, won an Arctic Championship. He took an underfunded Xfinity Roush program that Roush basically fronted half the bill, and won a championship. And he roundly um, outperformed whoever was his teammate. In his time uh, driving in Xfinity. So the fact that he ended up having to go to front row, he did win a Pocono. I was there. That was a great day. It was cool. Uh, But that was, you know, him and uh, what's his name? Carl Edwards um, uh, going and going for fuel mileage and racing the weather. Bob Um, Osborne. I think this. Yeah, Bob Osborne, and, and they, but the fact is, the talent that Chris Pusher has is better than one cup victory uh, on, you know, strategy, uh, and he's kind of shown that here, the second half of this season, and generally, I think he's driven better than he's put, And I think now, going to a Roush Fenway team that's on the upswing for the first time in many years, hopefully they rebadge the team and Maybe go back to the number six or something cool. Do something different. The 17 thing is worn out. Nobody wants to kind of dump it, especially because Durwood is gone. We don't have to hear what the 17 is. You know, really bad. Just give it a new, fresh feel. Go back to one of the classic numbers. It would be good for the series, honestly. I mean, they already have the six stars. Sorry, but, you know, like go to maybe bring back the 99 or something, 97 you know, or go to the 60s. That like, was a number he drove in that Trinity series. Uh, but I, I think for Roush Fenway, it's a great upgrade, because Chris Buescher, I don't think, has really gotten to the point where he's as good as he really could be in a couple. Cup. And I don't know who their crew is going to be. I figure there's going to be a new crew chief there. I've already mentioned that. But there's a lot of potential there, and I think Roush sees it. I mean, there's they they were really they made that move knowing that this is a move not only the future but to make Roush Fenway relevant. Uh, Brian Newman, for all studies, whatever he is, is not a long term option. Uh, they don't have an Xfinity program, there's no truck program. Ford Truck series is is door sport and truck series is all the same engine and that was a new story that came out today too about Elmore but the um, the upgrade is is necessary it's a move towards the future and it shows that Roush is serious about trying to stay in this sport there's been other owners that have, he's been kind of like what but you know, Robert Yates and you know Bud Moores and some of these other owners that didn't stay with the times and then ended up going out of business. And John Henry's never gonna go out of business being yeah. voted. But the reality is Roush Fenway's relevance within this sport was going away. And this is a move that says that they want to be here and there might be a hope that in time there might be an expansion again back to, you know, more than two teams, and it'll start. Chris Busher is the guy.
1: This
0: this move is Chris Busher is who we're hitching our wagon to for the foreseeable future. There are plenty of options out there that we discussed offline that I think could be in line to be in a Roush Fenway car, and but Busher's the guy, and he has yeah. the chops.
1: I completely agree, and I think the move from Roush Fenway, and that's what you were touching on. It was a very risky move, something that I think a lot of teams might not have done. I mean, Stenhouse has had another year on his contract, we ran through 2021, I believe, uh, so, and he just re-upped not too long ago. So um, it surprised a lot of people because of, of what Stenhouse, his long-term deal there. You know, he sort of looks at at Rash Fenway Jack Roush as a father. Figure and uh, I think it, it. I'm sure he's very bothered by the move. He was just told about it yesterday before it was uh, officially announced, um, according to Steve Newmark, the president of that organization. But I do think they need to sort of rock the boat here on this 17 car. You know, and again, I'm not sometimes, you know, a, a second organization might do something, might do better for another driver. Uh, you know, I don't know what Stenhouse's future, and we can get that, get into that in a little bit here. I don't know what, a, what his future really holds per se right now. But I'll say this, um, you know, he's been there seven years and he really hasn't taken off yet. I think everybody was sort of expecting, okay, you know, I remember a a few years ago, I'm like, okay, this is the year Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to figure it out. This is the year Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to figure it out. This is the year Ricky Stenhouse, and he hasn't really put it all together. He had a really good year in 2017. He won two races, had nine top 10 finishes. That was the only year he made the playoffs and you know, when you look back at since 2013, 19th, 27th, 25th, 21st, 13th, he year made the playoffs, 18th, and he sits 23rd in the standings this year, uh, that's just not going to get it done. And I know Rosh is not the team that it once was, but they sort of need a driver in there that can take over that car and propel it. And Ryan Newman's done that. And I think this has a lot to do with Ryan Newman. Um, and they can say it doesn't all they want, but I think they looked at that six car and what that six car has done this year, and they went, wow. That's what we're capable of. Now, uh, Newman hasn't run as good in the middle of these races as he has at the end, but I think it's sort of they're figuring it out over there, him and Scott Graves. Now, Scott Graves has a lot to do with it, too. Scott came from Joe Gibbs Racing. He brings the Joe Gibbs Racing Notebook. And I think that helps that team out a, a lot, and maybe there's a crew chief change, like you said, over there with that 17 car, but if they were to make a crew chief change and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was the driver, that would be his fifth crew chief and his eighth Season. Remember, he started this this you know Rash Fenway Forte into uh, the Cup Series in 2013 with Scott Graves as his coach and he finished 19th in points. And then Graves, for whatever reason, they made, they decided we're going to make a move and get rid of him. And they moved him to the 34 where Bush was supposed to be, and he was supposed to sort of groom Chris Busher. And then all of a sudden, he got a deal to go to the Xfinity Series, got paid a lot of money from Morris to go to the Xfinity Series with Daniel Suarez, and he left sort of Roush high and dry, and that forced Roush to put Bob Osborne in that 34 car. And the success of that 34 car with Chris Buescher might not have been nearly as much as it been with had it been with Scott Graves. And Graves eventually found his way back to Roush Fenway Racing, of course, this year. Um, and then they decided after Graves sort of left that organization, they decided, okay, we're going to bring in Mike Kelly, who Stenhouse had a lot of uh, good runs with. He was a great Xfinity Series Coochie for that six car. And Mike Kelly did a decent job there. They finished second at Bristol. That's when he had really had his good Bristol runs there in 2014. Finished uh, 27th in points, though. So they said, you know what? We're going to keep Mike Kelly on the, on the staff, but we're going to hire a more engineering guy in Nick Sandler to take over the 17 car. Nick Sandler there, they didn't really have a lot of success there with Nick Sandler either uh 25th in the standings in 2015. Then they decided uh, another – Year with Nick Sandler was needed in 2016. Uh, he finished 21st in the standings. They got rid of him. Hired Brian Patty, uh, who's a longtime crew chief in this garage area. His days go back all the way to uh, Ganassi over there in the like two th- early 2000s as a crew chief. Oh, Nico, even other- yep, yeah. Nico Motorsports in the 90s. Uh, so his his career goes on a long way. Um, and then you have Patty there the last three years. So it almost got numb, and I think Stenhouse has had a tough year this year. There's no doubt about it. And It was it was a change that needed to be made. But eventually, you go back in circles when you do that. When you sit there and go, okay, it's time to change the crew chief. You go, is it really the crew chief? Or maybe it's time we change the driver. And again, I think Stenhouse is a world of talent. Look at Joe Logano when he was at Joe Gibbs Racing. He left Joe Gibbs Racing. It was the best thing that ever happened to him. He went to Penske. And he's a championship contender year in and year out there now. But at Gibbs, he was bad. He had a tough, he had a tough time there. Uh, and it's sort of he needed to change the scenery. Maybe Stenhouse can get the same, and that leads me to my next point here, Philip, about Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the future. And, and this is obviously before we talk about the 37, which is another aspect of this whole move. But what about Ricky Stenhouse's future here? And you know, there's there's talk, and they we're talking about it at Richmond on Saturday. That it sounds like Suarez and Boyer aren't as um, safe in, in their in their rides. Clint Boyer and Daniel Suarez. Uh, aren't as safe in their rides as Stuart Haas as they might have been a couple of weeks ago. They're talking, and, and they, they brought it up that they wanted to see all three of the big three in the Xfinity Series this year uh, come to the Cup Series, and that would be Cole Custer going up to uh, Stuart Haas Racing. But now this sort of adds another element into it where you sit there and go, hey, here's a guy, a sprint car background, Tony Stewart's part owner of Stewart Haas Racing, good friends with Ricky Senhouse Jr. He might sit there and go, let's take a chance with this guy. Do you think that's a possibility? And if not, where do you do you see Stenhouse landing anywhere? Uh, where do you think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to be driving in 2020? What are your thoughts?
0: I think that the immediate uh, answer would be the front row uh, seat if he was to stay in the Cup. My honest belief is Stenhouse is going to say, "Ah, screw it." You know, uh, if he really I don't believe a light, a light, or along, you know, the same lines as his BFF or one of his BFF, Kyle Larson, a um, couple other people out there that are on the circuit right now. I think their heart lies, uh, you know, driving a, a 410 wing sprint car or a midget or a, a silver crown car or. or wing Sprint. Uh, I don't know if it's as strong with Richard as it is with Kyle Larson. I think it's pretty obvious with Kyle Larson. And it's the elephant in the room. And part of the reason, like, when we talked offline about Ross Chastain, which probably mention convention here in a couple of minutes, why he's, you know, a, a key player. I think Stenhouse is going to, he runs his own, he has his own sprint car team. He has his own wing sprint car team. Tony has just uh, put out a new 410 sprint car Ford Motor. Uh, he's he's driven Fords and NASCAR for his whole entire career, Stenhouse. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me that Stenhouse, Marshall Racing, and Stewart. They kind of join and make a conglomeration. Then, house you know, kind of goes to the side and, and decides to run a sprint car. Now, the the notion that he could be an option for Tony Stewart, I've I've mentioned it many times on on other avenues, on other vehicles, or you know, talking to friends, whatever. That I think Tony, he drove for Tony back in the day, uh, in when Tony had his sprint car team. Uh, they were Chevy then, of course, when he was 17, and he won races for him. And And that was part of the reason why uh, Roush saw him, found him, and decided to give him this opportunity. So, the, and and when we get to, when you cut to the chase, Kevin Harvick is the only, and, and Robbie Childers are the only two people that should really have, and whatever they want to do, whoever they want, should be priority one. After that, every single person on that organization, whatever, should start questioning what they do. The 10 team has had a precipitous drop-off this year, uh, which is shocking to me, honestly, and they have not performed well. Uh, They have been irrelevant. Uh, But when I say that they're irrelevant, then you count the 14 and the 41, and they're just pathetic. Uh, the four this whole Clint Boyer thing because he's close to Tony Stewart God bless him, he's a goofy guy whatever he will be, oh this is funny he's got no purpose, great Get it's done, you know it's about time we move on from this Clint Boyer nonsense, I, I would like to see Mike Bogoravich actually have a driver that actually has some level of potential of building, budding talent or something there to see, I really believe Mike ravitch. Is a way better person than what he has shown because Tony said he held him back, and I, in a lot of ways, that he And Clint Boyer is not, you know, after 2013, basically, Clint Boyer has not been relevant. And sure, he could go and do this Ryan Newman no neck thing and just hold on for dear life for, for years and years, and maybe come back and have a couple of flashes in the pan like he had. This year in 2014 but he's not an engineering guy he's just a driver and whatever he's a funny guy go and do tv you could be a funny guy do tv go and drive a late but they're going to put cole custer in there because his daddy's part of the team he's going to be in one of those cars Wh- whichever way it goes he'll be in one of those cars um so and that was what it was part of the heredity he was gonna, it was going to happen that way whether it's a 14 whether it's a 41 whether they renumber one of them, which I think would be fine, I think that would be a good way for better marketing. in anyways, they they sponsor basically. Gene is is paying uh, putting the bill for both of those cars anyway, so who cares? You could put whoever you want in those two cars, cause there's no real money. There. Right. Eric Almorola brings the Smithfield money, which is why he has the ride in a lot of ways. But he proved last year what kind of talent he has, and him and I'm forgetting John uh, Klausmeier. They have the potential there. They've just not gotten their hands around the stupidity that is the NASCAR rules package this year. Um, I'll give them another year. That's fun, But the 14 and the 41, put whoever the heck you want in there because they're putting the bill for it anyway. There's really no money in either of those teams. Uh, so whether it's Clint Boyer, you go and give, you give Daniel Suarez one more year, fine. I think giving Daniel Suarez one more year is fine, but uh, I think if you put Ricky Stenhouse in that car, there'd be a negligible difference. They're both Xfinity champions. They both have talent, but they kind of overdrive. It's a negligible difference there. Um, I, I think I might have went off on a, on a little different road there. I don't think that... I, I do believe that Stenhouse is going to go into a sprint race. I don't believe he's going to be in a cup car next there, if he was in a cuff car, I think the first option is the 38 uh, for the front row. Interesting, because
1: I agree with you. I think he's going to end up in sprint cars, but I don't think he would take uh, a ride like Front Row Motorsports that uh, isn't a championship-caliber ride. And I don't think he would take it. I don't want this to be taken any way, because I think they've really had a solid year there. But I've heard people mention him being linked to JTG Dollar Racing. And I just don't see that's a demotion for Stenhouse, and uh, I don't see him doing that. You know, to me, he almost looks like at that point as damaged goods. I think, and and I've even heard people suggest, well, maybe he can go to the Xfinity series. I don't even know if he's going to do that. Um, now, if he wants, it depends how much he wants to stay in in stock car racing. This might be the only option if he really wants to do this and say, you know what, my goal, my dream in life is to be a Cup champion, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that out until I can't ride it out any longer. I want to drive here. I want to drive here. Um, maybe he sits there and says, Hey, you know, um, I'll go to the 37. And there is another potential uh, detail here that I think a lot of people don't know about at this point. And I'm going to say this on the air. And this is sort of, I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but there is a lot of rumors. It is very hot right now that a spending cap is coming to the Cup Series by 2020. Um, before they they announce this new car in 2021, there will be a spending cap in place for these Cup Series teams in 2020. That is what I'm being told. Now, obviously, it's not reported. It's not official. I don't know a lot of the details, but that could be something where, and a, and a team owners quote-unquote said, said quote-unquote, it is a game-changer for his organization. So, um, just keep that in mind here. So, maybe uh, Senhouse, knowing that, Knowing that it would be a game changer for a, a smaller organization, a Front Row Motorsports or a jtg Garner Racing car, because those are the two open rides right now. To sit there and say, you know what, it might stink next year and the year after, but when we get our hand, our, our feet underneath us with these race cars by 2022, 2023, this ride might be a lot more competitive financially because of the because of the rules that are going to be implemented. On these Cup Series teams It's a very interesting thing to think about So just keep that in mind with Ricky Stanhouse Jr um, But I do think he's going to end up In sprint cars and it's a shame Like I said I think he's got some skill um, You know I just think it just didn't work For whatever reason it just They, they threw a lot of different things at it I think having so many coaches That was a horrible mistake to go away from Mike Kelly When they did that When they brought Nick Sandler And I'm not, not anything against Nick Sandler But I thought it was a, a dreadful mistake to do that They've got Brian Patty in and it just looked like things were going well for Rick. Even last year he had a pretty good year. It looked like things were going well. And then all of a sudden this year just hit the rails for whatever reason. And uh, you know, he could have had a bounce and I was gonna write an article about him um, about who needed really who needs to have a bounce back year in twenty twenty. Insteadhouse is gonna be the first one on my list, he needs to have a bounce back year because he just had such a tough year this year. Um, and maybe it's to look out of two with this rule package the way it is, and it doesn't really fit his style like the old one used to. Maybe that's part of it as well. But another part of this I want to get to, uh, Philip, is the fact of the 37 car. Now, Butcher, in that car for the next eight races, JTD Dollar Racing, number 37, it sounds like they're going to have funding there again next year. I haven't heard anything officially. Um, I'm sure they were trying to tie up some loose ends, and that's why it took so long for Butcher uh, to get signed there, and that's sort of why they lost them. But let's talk about the options for that ride. Uh, I think immediately when you think about who is out there, one of the names that comes to your mind immediately is Daniel Hemrick, who was in the eight car this year. He's gonna finish the year in the eight car. And then it sounds like they haven't officially announced this, but it sounds like Tyler Rennick's gonna to move to that car in twenty twenty. But it is known that Hemrick will not be back with Richard Childress racing for the twenty twenty season. So this could be a sort of a neutral it's not a promotion for Daniel Hemrick if uh, a team like JTG wants to go that way. But I do think there are two other options, two very good options. Obviously, Shana House is out there. That's not one of them. But obviously, he's out there. I'm just not including him because I don't think he would take this caliber of a ride. Uh, but the two, to me, the two favorites for this ride right now, and there's one's got a big issue and the other one's got a uh, – it would be a – I wouldn't say an aggressive move. But it would, be, it would be an aggressive move, but it would be sort of an off-the-wall move, and I'll explain a little bit. One is Ross Chastain, who I think everybody will agree uh, with what he's performed in the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. He is a very, very talented race car driver. The problem with Ross Chastain is apparently he's still tied with Chip Ganassi Racing. He's still got a contract there. Kurt Busch is not going to run forever, and, St- and Chastain might be a guy who is looked at as somebody who – might replace Kurt Busch down the road. Kurt had a one-year deal this year. He's probably going to re-up and sign a one-year deal next year to drive the one car, and maybe uh, they could put Chastain in the Xfinity car. And by the time Kurt's ready next year when he gets out, uh, Chastain might go in there. But who knows if Kurt wants to retire after next year? He might say, "You know, what? I'll do it again and keep re-upping one-year deals," and and Chastain might sit there and just rot away. So. I think this is he's an option for this ride, but the big bugaboo with that is his deal with Chip Ganassi Racing. I think the other guy is sort of off the wall higher, just because you don't necessarily think of him is Brett Moffat. Um, I think Brett Moffitt has a lot of skill. He's won everything he's been in the Truck Series. He's a defending Truck Series champion. Uh, he's got a deal with Chevrolet. They brought him in the GMS car this year. Run really good in the GMS truck this year. Excuse me. Uh, he is, I think, one of the guys who it would be a a gutsy hire by JTG um but I think it would be a very very good one um what do you think about this 37 car here Philip do you see anybody do you see anybody that I didn't mention maybe being thrown into this ride here uh or how about the names I mentioned what are your thoughts on this whole uh JTG Donor Racing now that the 37 is now open
0: yeah I mean you're I at the end of the day the 37 is the car uh where where the intrigue lies now, uh, where we we really don't know. I mean, and in a lot of ways, I don't think JTG Doherty has ever uh, been in a position where they've been a like a desired spot. Um, you know, I I'm a Marcus Ambrose fan, and from his EA Supercar Championship days. And, when he moved over and he was with the Woodbro when Wood Brothers and JTG were together, they did that whole deal. and He eventually drove for them and he developed his skills with them and ran well at times. And then he moved on to RPM and won his Cup races with him. You know, AJ Allmendinger won Watkins Glen the one year. Uh, you know, there's been other flashes here and there. Bobby Labonte finished second in the 500, pushing for everything. You know, there's, there's been flashes over the years. And, and Jody and Chad DeSchecker have been in this sport for many years. And uh, they've never really had an issue with, uh, with funding. No matter where they're running, uh, they've never really had an issue with funding. And that's still the case today that they're able to fully fund two-cup cars when they run, you know, 20th, uh, you know, generally, on average. Yeah, they're pulling top ten and stuff like that. That's where you get a Ryan Priest getting into a 47 car, because Ryan Priest, until a year or two ago, was going to be a modified driver his whole life. And I think he would have been fine with that anyway, because he's a really good modified driver. You can't be but he proved himself an Xfinity and Gibbs equipment. You know, he took a shot on him. You know, he put, put his money out there and said, I'm going to go and go for this in a, in, a, in a Gibbs car. And unlike guys like Brandon Jones, who has no talent but his daddy's money, Brian has talent, he went out there and he, and he won. And, you know, and, there's, and it proves a point. Like, if you really have the talent in a Joe Gibbs car, you should be able to win. If you're not winning in Joe Gibbs' equipment, then you considering how all the rules are for Toyotas, you have to question what kind of driver you really are. Uh and that's where they gave Ryan Priest a shot. So now going on to thirty seven, the uh, I think that's a, because of because of Trent Owens, I think as much as anything, can go and separate all these other put all these different pieces and parts there, the 47 that a struggle this year. I don't know if that situation is all fully functional yet. I don't question Ryan Priest. I never will. I've always I've liked and appreciated Ryan Priest's talent way before he got into an expensive car uh driving for JD Motorsport. But when you consider the thirty seven car and you consider Trent Owens, in terms of people who are the most underrated people in this sport, Trent Owens has been an underrated crew chief and person in this sport for a long, leaping time. I mean, the family connections, his stepfather is late. He's Barry, Barry Dawson, You know, his father is connected to the Pettys. He's got a Petty connection. He was a crew chief, Derek Almirola, at the 43 car. I mean, there's so many things here. About Trent Owens, and that's probably why. Because you know the nostalgia of it. I know Trent Owens has won. He won with Turner Motorsports, the 32, with Vickers and the Buckeye Bullet, and all these other people. He's he's won with so many different people, and he's always been able to get the most out of his drivers. And that ride, because they have the Hendrick connection there. And the way they've performed in the second half of the season, every person known, the man should want, woman, should want to go and drive that car. And which makes the 37 car the most desirable ride uh, going forward. And, you know, you mentioned Brett Moffitt. Brett Moffitt got the Walter screw job like so many others have before him. And he was a Walt MWR. Toyota guy, he drove a fourth car. He was he was in that whole crappy pipeline they had, and that went bust. And uh, he had to recover and and you know basically put his career back together. And he did. Went with Shiggy Tori, cross wide and and went and dominated there at the end of the season. The last year, and he won a championship. And he got hired to replace Johnny Sauter's ego. And after, you know, a few months of trying to get used to this stuff, Jerry Baxter, another guy that's steered by, by the longest, the two of them have figured things out pretty good, and they're in a really, really good place to, to win a championship. Uh, I don't know about the stability of GMS in general, which makes the Brett Moffitt possibility a lot more viable uh mainly because if Brett Moffat wants to have a job. I think it would be to his a benefit to go and say, Hey, George so Chad sector, I can drive a race car I've driven in top. I know how to drive in top. I've proven myself in the truck and I want to change championship possibly two. You know, that's one. I, I uh you know, you talk about old Richard, he's there. Daniel Hammer I think deserves a chance in a in a proper, you know, decent decent opportunity ride because Richard Childress Racing is not good. Um, they haven't been good for a long time. Kevin Harvick leaving there basically exposed the fact that they were, they were, they were, they were a dumpster fire of an organization. Minus the, the lucky rod that Ryan had in 2014. Uh, Austin Dillon may be the most overrated driver in the sport. He's one of the worst drivers in the sport, but he has to win right. you know, two big races. And that his, his grandfather owns the team, so he has a job for life. Um, I mean, personally, I have no idea who's going to go there, but I do, the you know, talking about Brett Moffitt, talking about, you know, Daniel Hemrick, to a lesser extent you know, Ross Fastine because of those ironclad, ridiculous contracts that Ganassi signed. But I would say that it would be a decent idea for Ganassi if he's not going to have Ross Tastain in a cup car next year and there's no guarantees about his ride, even if Matt Collie you know, a second Matt Colley car might be in the cards, I don't know if it wouldn't be, be the worst idea to go and say, hey, Ross, go and run a full season, get some experience, run in a second, run on another team, and, and farm them out. And, you know, and say, hey, to Jody and Chad, hey, I'm going to call them once Kurt decides to quit or Kyle Larson decides I'm going to go and do what I really want to do, which I feel like is more likely. Between the two of them, who do I think is more likely to leave? I think right now Kyle Larson is more likely to leave than than Kurt Busch, because Kurt Busch is having more fun than he's ever had in his whole entire career, and then he has a ready-made person to jump in the 42 car. Everything's good. They go yeah. through this whole process. I think the person we're talking about, colleague I think Justin Haley, who won at Daytona, uh, albeit you know all the things that went on with Daytona. I think that would be an off-the-wall play. He's very raw. He has a lot of um, potential. Uh, he showed that in the truck series last year in the GMS truck. Uh, he hasn't really done as much in an Xfinity car as I thought he would this year, uh, considering his teammates have been able to perform fasting jumping in the third car, AJ Almaninger at times. But I think that Justin Haley, because he has a support, is I think his, his uncle or something, Doug Springer, or He has a Doug Springer connection. They have the great clips deal. You know, there's a few things going on where I think mean, Justin Haley might be in play as well, or a John Hunter in the check mm-hmm. might be another person who, you know, with right. the GMS instability and the family lineage and the potential that he has, minus the fact he's really raw, could be options
1: there with uh, that 37. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we talk about I wouldn't say off. I, I, I'm trying to find a better verbiage than say off the wall hires, but sort of under the radar hires where you don't really see them coming. Um, and and John Hart would certainly be in there. But you know when you think about Priest, who's on that team as you mentioned, is a as a teammate to um, Chris Busher, That was sort of one of those hires where you didn't really see it coming. You're like, wow, they're gonna go Ryan Priest in that car. I mean, he's a good driver, and that's great. But that was kind of like you know he's not a guy who. You know, immediately comes to mind as far as going to the Cup Series because you never really waited for an Xfinity Series championship before. But those are the guys they have to go after, guys who don't have development contracts. And that's what makes it hard for these smaller teams or, or these teams that are uh, don't have Xfinity Series teams and really don't have any affiliation to any Xfinity Series team. They have to do that. They have to go, sort of go after the Brett Moffitts, who guys who have sort of slipped through the cracks a little bit and say, hey, you know what? Um, let's go get him and be here. Now, what you brought up about Chastain is very possible. They could sit there and say, "Hey guys, we're going to farm out to you guys for a year, and then when we're ready for him at Ganassi, we're going to bring them up to the Cup Series." But they just did that with Chris Buescher, and I think they're very hurt and very shocked and sort of left, you know, spiraling a little bit because they sort of got, you know, the same thing happened to them. Something just happened to them that we could potentially just happen to Chastain, where they they were in a got, in a ride, they had somebody in a car. With a with a Cup team that could move move them up with an option, and now they're sitting there spinning the circles here, you know, with eight races to go in the, in the season, saying who the heck's going to drive our car next year? And we got to get on it fast, you know. If this happened three weeks ago, there's an easy answer for him, Matt Benedetto. But right now, it's sort of like, okay, well Di Benedetto's up there. Does Stenhouse want to take this ride? Um you know, even a guy like David Reagan, maybe a couple of weeks ago if this if this came out and you wanted to go the David Reagan round who's still a younger guy who's got some wins in a cup series who's got some, a veteran experience to go with Ryan priest, you might sit there and look at it and say, Hey, you know what um that's going to be our 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 lead driver there David Reagan, you just sort of code him out of retirement, but that's not happening anymore. I think david's got his mind set on it so to do, well I guess what I'm getting at is I don't think Chastain as far as that is concerned, is as good of an option as somebody like a Brett Moffat, or as you mentioned, John check, even Justin Haley. Haley would have the possibility with fund funding behind him, where I would think he would go. I could go to a cup team if I play my cards correctly. Um, you know, especially a team like Richard Childress, who might be desperate for money. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. But the 37 is in a pretty good spot to where they could hire a nice young driver who's going to be there four or five years, who's got a little bit of experience. I think Moffitt would be the best hire for this ride. I don't know if he's going to get it, but just because I think he's a very hungry driver, he's a guy looking to prove himself and say, you know what, I need this. This is what I need. You know, GMS has been a good spot. I've been in the truck series and won truck series championships. I haven't really been able to prove myself in top-notch equipment in the two upper divisions of NASCAR. Never really got the big Xfinity Series ride. Never gotten a big Cup Series ride. This would be his best Cup ride by far, other than his maybe four or five races he ran at MWR a bunch of years ago, and he was still very raw then when he did that. So um, I guess what I'm getting at is it's going to be interesting to see, but I think one of those guys we mentioned, Philip, whether it's Chastain, Moffitt, John Hanicek, uh or, or Stenhouse, which I think is, is a long shot at this point because I don't think he would move to that ride. I think those guys are um, the drivers who will drive that 37 car next season, one of those guys. We move on to the silly season, and other silly season news came out this week uh, with uh, Christopher Bell. So, Chris Busher wasn't the only Chris to have a new ride announced for 2020. Christopher Bell, who will run for Rookie of the Year next year for Levine Family Racing number 95. I think this is sort of the worst-kept secret in the garage area. Um, he will go to the 95 car with Levine Family Racing replacing Matty Benedetto. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is, Philip, we've kind of discussed this. Ad nauseum for a while on this show because I think we all kind of expected this. But uh, what are your expectations for Christopher Bell? It sounds like they're going to have a stronger alliance to JGR and a stronger alliance to TRD. Um, and, and to me, it, it, it's basically what Furniture Racing was. Now, um, what are your thoughts with with this Jason ratcliffe coming up with them? His Xfinity Series crew chief as well. Um, they're going to have pretty strong ties there. But what are your thoughts on Christopher Bell? Moving to the 95 car here um, in 2020.
0: Yeah, and the expectations be very high. And based on his performance as a affinity driver, the, the you know the hardware that he brought in. I mean, he hasn't brought the championship home, but the amount of winning that he's done, both actual wins. And to a lesser extent, the stages and the accumulation of points. And the general maturity is shown uh, on a somewhat weekly basis. He has his moments where he shows it to go good driver. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, expectations will be high. They'll be way higher than what they were this year for the 95 and Benedetto. I figure there will definitely be a full Joe Gibbs racing, racing car next year, which means that he'll generally be able to perform with the, the Kyle Busch, the Martin Truex, and Denny Hamlin. Do I think he's going to perform like those guys? Immediately, no. Uh, do I think a playoff appearance is possible? As a rookie, yes. Do I think he's going to win a race next year? Yes. Um, do I think he's going to be a rookie of the year? Yeah, because I don't know who's a, who the else is on rookie the year. He's the only one
1: that, that we or Tyler Reddick
0: is going to be there. But I do think he's going to be Tyler Reddick rookie the year, just based on the cars. Um, but the. I mean, the, the the fact is everybody knew it, it was going to happen. It's been going on for, you know, a month, and they only announced it now because they were trying to figure out how they're going to get wheels and keep wheels around because wheels has done his due diligence, and he's a, you know, a, 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 Gibbs, a long-time Gibbs guy, and they didn't want to go and kind of, you know, shove him out the door and kind of lose him the way they let Scott Graves kind of go out the door and he's been able to help her out. Uh, I figure, you know, for a rookie, do I think he's going to be at the Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson level of rookie performance? No. Uh, do I think he could perform like what Davey Allison did back in 87? he got get two wins and, he's, you know, wildly inconsistent. finishes about in the 11 to 15 in points which is in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that's where the 95 will be uh, next year, Chris Bell and, uh, Jason back for uh, 2020.
1: Oh, I agree with you. I think that's, that's a good expo- uh, expectation for him in 2020. Um, you know, again, we've kind of seen this coming since DiBenedetto Benedetto was announced that he was out. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk whether or not Bell was going to go to the 20 car, whether he was going to go to the 95. I had a feeling this was what it was going to be. I've been saying this for a while. I thought it was going to be a a bigger deal, a a much closer aligned JGR car at the 95 that Christopher Bell is going to drive. You know, you, what you have to keep in mind with that was. Christopher Bell was not going to just sit there and take any cup ride that Joe Gibbs was going to offer him. He's going to sit there and say, "Listen, people would move for me, like, like sort of like what Rash Fenway did with Chris Buescher. They sort of said, you know what? We don't really care what the contracts say. We're going to make this happen because we believe in Chris Buescher.' They would have, done, people would have done the same thing for Christopher Bell had Joe Gibbs not moved into the Cup Series this year and a good ride. So it had to be yeah. a ride that was very, very good, and I think we've seen. This year, especially in the middle part of the year, what that 95 team is capable of when they have a Joe Gibbs Racing affiliate, a strong Joe Gibbs Racing affiliation. Um, there's going to be a new crew chief, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Mike Wheeler, by the way. Uh, but they're going to have a good crew chief there with Jason Radcliffe, who's been in the Cup Series. He's been been around a long time in the garage area. He's got a good relationship with Chris Rebell, and that's sort of been uh, Joe Gibbs' MO here, moving guys up to the – you know, bringing a couple guys down, moving them up to the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series. They did it with Chris Grant, Gale with um, uh, with Eric Jones, Eric Jones, and they've done it now here with with Jason Ratcliffe and Christopher Bell. So that's sort Eric of in there. G- I'm always G- G- to bring. Yeah, right. To bring them up, these guys from the Xfinity Series that they had some Xfinity Series experience, and then bring them up. So whether Mike Wheeler goes and replaces um Ratcliffe down there at the twenty car with Christopher Bell and they sit there and they go, Okay, um, you know, whoever our next young driver is, whether it's at the Harrison Burton or Riley Herbst or something like that, um, you'll you'll be if they move to the Cup series, you'll be the guy there. I don't know if Wheeler's gonna do that. There could be an opening at Rosh Fenway, you know, and maybe Wheeler would sit there and go, I'll take the route at Rosh Fenway. There could be other openings in the cup series as well if he wants to go that route. So Mike Wheeler's an interesting creature to keep an eye on as a twenty twenty season gets closer because um, he's obviously out of a ride. They didn't really obviously officially announce that, but with the hiring of Jason Ratcliffe, they did. Um, They're not going to expand that team over there at the Vine family, to two cars. So Mike Wheeler, it sounds like, is going to be replaced by Jason Ratcliffe. So um, something to keep an eye on. But I'm interested to see how Bell does. A lot of people aren't as high on him as as maybe I am because they look at the Xfinity series and say, well, there's no cup guys in there anymore. Certainly. Um, But I think Bell – is a very polished driver. There are certainly some certain tracks that I think he could still work on, but uh, I think he's most polished out of all three of the guys who could potentially move to the Cup Series from the Xfinity Series, and that includes Reddick and Chris, uh, Cole Custer. And I think Cole Custer needs a hold on the year in the Xfinity Series. So that's another discussion for another day. Um, but uh, I like Chris Bell. I think he's going to do a very good job there in that 95 car. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero here talking in circles. Clayton Caldwell and Philip Matthew here with you. Something else I want to touch on before we get on the robo, uh, and this is something we can get on. I think we can talk about it for an hour, but let's try and uh, just keep it, you know, brief here because it's just preliminary talks, nothing official. Adam Stern had it from the Sports Business News, um, Sports Business Journal. Excuse me, he had it that NASCAR was considering uh, eliminating pit stops for the two lower divisions in NASCAR, the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. Sort of, I think what we saw like in the truck series when it was first created back in the early 90s where they had a halftime break, and that's where you can work on your car and then come out and do it from there. Um, Xfinity Series, they were talking about that maybe being a possibility as well. Um, But what are your thoughts, I mean, there's a lot of things to to discuss here. I sort of gotten I wouldn't say an argument, but I would have a discussion with somebody on Twitter about it, and they're like, well, it happened to work in the 90s. Sure, it did. It, It was certainly good for the truck series in the 90s. But that was before the trucks had crate engines and the Xfinity series had composite bodies, and I just get a little bit worried about taking too much competition and too much individuality in these teams away. Now we're not going to let them build. You know, the truck series could very well be a series in three years if you take the pit stops away. That has a composite body, a crate motor, and no pit stops. And sort of look at it and go, well, what's the difference between the teams then? There's not really going to be a difference between the teams, and I love the individuality between the teams, you know. And you can sort of go back to the 1990s and say, "Oh, look, pit stops work there." And I saw Brian Kozlowski. I saw Tommy Joe Martins tell you how much these guys make on pit road. Wonderful, but we're not going to fix the business model. We've done. I guess what I'm getting at is we've done stuff like this before. We've gone to composite bodies, we've gone to crate engines, and none of that has seemed to really cut the costs. As much as they thought it was going to have, do, we had a, a, a truck series owner um, and they, DJ Kopp, who backed out and said the current engine really doesn't do a whole lot for a team like me. So they're even looking at expanding it further and taking more individuality out of the team, and eventually we're going to have well, basically IROC through all three series. Um, to me, Philip, if it helped the cost, uh, if if you could sit there and say to me, listen, this is going to Bring the smaller guys closer to the bigger guys. I would be for it, but I don't think that's going to happen here. I just think these, the money is going to be is going to be placed somewhere else. It's going to go somewhere else, and that is not a good thing because I think when you take the individuality of the sport away, you take as uh, part of the entertainment of the sport away, and I don't think you're going to be saving teams money. You just they're just not going to be spending it on pit crew guys anymore. What are your thoughts on on that, Philip? So, uh, there's no pit stops. In trucks in Xfinity, if that happens. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I figure if it's going to happen in one of the – I don't – they want to put it out there as a trial balloon for both. I don't think they're going to do it in Xfinity. Uh, it makes more sense with the trucks in the fact that they've become – you know, they're closer to the K&N series these days than they are to the Cup in Xfinity based on scheduling and the ridiculous schedule that they have, based on not because of the tracks, but just how ridiculous the schedule is running out, uh, based on the Cray Motors and all these other things. Uh, some, I honestly would venture to say, after the Eldora bore Fest that we had uh, a couple months ago, we're getting to the point where the truck series might not exist. Um, if it weren't for Marcus Lemonis as being a billionaire, uh, I don't know if the truck series would exist. Uh, when you consider K&N and ARCA are going to morph into one series, then you have to start saying to yourself, even though in America pickups are a big deal, is it really a relevant series anymore? And based on where these teams are, you don't really know. I think if no pits if you're running half time, I mean, it's not even a half time break. Anymore. They already put breaks into these races of stupidity of stages. So you don't even need to really theoretically have a, a full on pitch. It's called, all right, fine. We have a half time break. Lap, we go and run a lap or two and for commercial. Bring them in. Everybody pits. You bring them out. They stay as how they were, you know at the end of the stage. That would be better than what they do, is run around for eight laps under caution, and then they start the next stage. Personally, it'll make the truck series, races, uh, I think it, 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 it'll it be okay for the truck series. Uh, I don't see it going there for the Xfinity, because what is it to Richard Childress or Joe Gibbs or whoever to not go and train their own you know, mechanics? to be able to be, like, the Flying Aces, or to be... I mean, they're not going to be the Wood Brothers or the Flying Aces, granted, but that's where the money thing you talked about, putting the money towards something else, going and getting these mechanics, the actual, like, crew that works on the cars, instead of getting higher guns, which would take away all of Boston Dillon's friends. Uh, you know, like, that would take away... The, the higher gun pitchers, which the point is, they could have stopped that back when Ray Evanham did it back in '96. And he was the first one that did it. So the point is, this nonsense has been going on for 20 plus years. They didn't stop it then because NASCAR doesn't know how to make a proper business model. They never really have had a good business model. It's the fact that there's always been money flowing or sponsorship or this, and or manufacturers that have covered up the thing. Getting rid of live pit stops, I think it comes, you're really starting to, I mean, there's many things they've been doing that have messed with the product and or, you know, are really messed with tradition. You get rid of live pit stops, I mean, yeah, we're, we might as well just get Jason Gnory back and, you know, let's go and get a bunch of Pontiac Firebirds that haven't been in existence in the early, since I was in high school. Let's just go and i IROC again Just call it a day. You know?
1: It is, and I agree. It's right. you know. short the races, and that's none, the next thing that would happen, I think, is I mean, the truck series is short enough anyway, but they'd sit there and go, let's make it, you know, how far can we go on a set of tires? Okay, well, um, let's only make it where teams can only get really two sets of tires in the truck series because that's all we should really afford, and we'll do Three, we'll do three stages, and um, you know, teams can change their tires twice, but they don't lose spots on paper. You know, they would just, if we could do 20 laps at Pocono on a set of tires, we'll do uh, 10 laps, 10 laps, and then uh, we'll do a 20 lap final run, and you'll shorten the truck races that way. So that's what it all leads to eventually. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a negative Nancy here, but I just think. The individuality of this sport is what made it great, and if it helped cost – if it helped bring Joe Gibbs back down in the Xfinity series, let's say, if composite bodies helped bring Joe Gibbs racing a little bit closer to Johnny Davis Motorsports, I'd sit there and go, well, then composite bodies should be a thing. I don't think it's done that at all. I don't think the credit engines have done that. Look at the big controversy now. Six engines blew at, at Las Vegas in the play, first playoff race at – Las Vegas, and it's like six engines. If these guys were building their own engines, they'd be in the playoffs still. Uh, most of the ThorSport trucks, at least, would be. So yeah, it's crazy when, when you think about that. Um, so you know, I just don't want to get to a point where everybody's sort of in the same stuff, in and on the same team, and these teams don't matter anymore. And what's going to happen is you're going to get to where it's Formula One, where you got like one team per manufacturer. We allow fifteen manufacturers in here. And one team, and it's going to look a lot like Formula One. And the people running this sport, there's a guy running this sport who's in NASCAR, who's helped run the sport, who's got a long time background to Formula One racing. So don't think that that's too far from NASCAR's mind. Um, And why I grew up watching NASCAR is because it was different than Formula One racing. It was different than car racing. It was different because it had short tracks. It was sort of you know, um, blue a very blue collar sport. A you know, where you could build a race car and be faster than the next guy, and and the biggest budget necessarily didn't win the race. Look at Alan Wicke going against the big budget teams of Junior Johnson, Hendrick Motorsports, and at the time, Robert Yates, the bigger budget teams, and he was able to go out there and do that. That's what makes NASCAR so great. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. Um, I think money has got a lot to do with the engineering and all that, and we've gotten way, 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 way out of hand with that kind of stuff. And even the truck series is guilty of that. So, again, that's a discussion we can have. I think the spending cap, which we'll get more details on I think in the next couple of weeks, is really going to help that as well. Um, so – and we'll break that down. I'm sure we'll break that down for an hour if we have to um, in – when that's announced. Um, so I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles tonight. If you like what you can like us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook as well. Um, we'll see you next time here on Talking in Circles. Good night, everybody.